0: It's another season of telling the true stories of missing and murdered Black people, cases that have been forgotten or ignored throughout the years. Thank you to everyone who continues to support the show, interacts with the cases on social media, and shares episodes to get these important cases out there. In today's episode, we will first uncover the mysterious case of tomi Jones. In April of 2002, a young woman and mother named tomi suddenly vanished from her New Jersey home shortly before midnight, leaving behind her keys, purse, and most importantly, her two-year-old daughter. Eventually classified as a homicide, her case still remains unsolved to this day. The second case we will examine is the sudden vanishing of a young 16-year-old girl from Washington State who has been missing since February 13, 2020. Asia had experienced some hard times in the most recent years of her young life, so when Asia went for a walk and never returned, her family became concerned. With limited leads in the disappearance of Asia Wilbin, police still have no answers as to what happened to Asia that winter day. I'm your host, Nisa. Welcome to the Lost Crimes Library. This is the mysterious disappearance of Tommy Ann Jones and the sudden vanishing of Asia Wilbin. Tomi-Ann Jones grew up outside of Woodston, New Jersey. That is just nine miles south of her last known location, and also around nine miles south of her home in Harris Township, New Jersey, at Mullica Hill West Apartments. Before 19-year-old Tomi-Ann Jones suddenly vanished, she was a mother to her two-year-old daughter named Janaya. Tomi-Ann took delight in raising her daughter, who she would often call Buddy. While raising her daughter, Janiah, she was also pursuing her GED, with hopes of one day becoming a veterinarian. Tomien had an artistic side, too. She loved to draw funny stories, and those closest to her would remember how Tomien often smelled of citrus and fruit. Tomien's family became concerned when she never showed up to pick up her daughter from the babysitter's care. While I was researching Tomien's case, I came across conflicting reports. Some sources claim that tomi never picked up her daughter from the babysitter, while one source claimed that her daughter, Janiya, was actually left alone in the apartment when Tomian disappeared. I am inclined to believe the multiple sources that stated Janiya was left at the babysitter. So, after this alarming information, tomi brother went to her apartment to check on her. When he arrived, he was shocked to find the front door to his sister's apartment open. When her brother walked into the apartment to look for Tomian, his worry only increased because what he found pointed to a very disturbing situation. Her keys and purse were left behind in her apartment, and her car was still at the residence as well, but there was no one home. Tomian wasn't there. Her family was shocked and disturbed to find out that Tomian was missing and her daughter was left behind, because her family strongly believed that she would never abandon her child. They told police that Tomien was a dedicated and enthusiastic mother, and leaving Janai behind wasn't in her character. And with the knowledge of Tomien's troublesome relationship with her child's father, her family became worried that Tomian wasn't just a missing person, but the victim of a homicide. The investigation into the disappearance of Tomian Jones started right away. For the first six months of the investigation, the case remained a missing persons case. What's shocking to me is that the police didn't consider her case a possible homicide right away. There was no history of her ever leaving her child for an extended period of time, and those closest to her vouched for her and described Tomien as a loving and dedicated mother. Aside from this, Tomien was pursuing life goals like getting a GED. Why would someone decide to disappear when their life was going to plan? Not to mention, who decides to run away without their purse, which holds money, ID, and other necessary items to disappear and start a new life. Despite all of this, police took six months to reclassify the case from a missing person to a homicide. I guess the police finally saw what Tomian's family saw, that Tomian was met with foul play. So they turned their investigation into a mission to find out the person, or persons, who were responsible for her presumed homicide. It turned out that Tomien had spoken to a friend around 1 a.m. on April 18, 2002. The day she disappeared. This was the last documented conversation Tomian had before vanishing. Police began looking to Tomian's past and present relationships. Was it possible that someone closest to Tomian wanted to hurt her? Or was her disappearance the result of a random attack? When investigators looked into her relationships, what they found was troubling. You see, Tomian had been in a relationship with a 26 year old man by the name of Mark Goodson and had been in an abusive relationship with Tomian Jones. In 2000, two years before Tomian would disappear, the nude body of a 20-year-old missing woman from a nearby area in New Jersey was found floating in the Alloway Creek. When police were investigating this missing woman's murder at the time, Mark Goodson was originally questioned about this woman's murder. It turned out that Goodson had been dating this woman at the time of her disappearance, it is not clear from reports if Goodson was ever charged with crimes related to that case. However, it did strike investigators as odd that Mark Goodson dated two young women who ended up being missing persons, and eventually labeled as homicide victims. According to reports, Goodson began dating tomi en when she was 15 years old. That means Goodson was 22 when he began dating tomi en. During the course of their relationship, Goodson fathered a child, Janaya, with tomi en. However, this wasn't a perfect family by any means. At some point in their relationship, Tomi Ann sought refuge at a local shelter to protect herself from the violence that Goodson was repeatedly inflicting on her. At the time, she was hoping that moving into a shelter would help keep him from discovering her home address. After learning about Goodson's connection to the 2000 case of that 20-year-old missing woman found in a creek, investigators began searching local waterways thinking that if Goodson had anything to do with both of these murders, then maybe he got rid of the body in another waterway. Exhaustive searches conducted by law enforcement agencies of waterways around Salem County, Gloucester, and Cumberland Counties turned up nothing. Tomien was still missing. Over the years, Tomián's family has grown weary from the lack of answers to their loved one's disappearance. To Tomián's mother, Cheryl Jones, It feels like yesterday when her daughter went missing. And unfortunately, since 2002, nothing has really changed about the case. It has been almost 20 years, and Tomian's case has seemed to stall. Cheryl Jones admitted to reporters that for a long while, she would sit by her window and look out hoping to see Tomian walking down their street toward their home as she would normally do. Like many parents, the Joneses hold out hope that she will return home. They reportedly have not asked for the courts to declare Tomian legally deceased, and they have yet to organize a memorial. For Tomian's mother, it's just too painful to let go yet. Cheryl Jones admitted, quote, It's 15 years, and I still can't do it. I can't. That makes it seem like she's gone for real. End quote. Tomian's father, Tom, added, quote, I think she deserves that before both of us pass away. Everybody should have a final say, you know? That's why you have a memorial. You're giving that person recognition, even though she was 19. That's the hard part. End quote. Tomian's daughter, Janiah, who was placed under the care of her grandparents, has grown up without her mother. Now, living out the dreams of her mother, Janaya holds on to the ghost of who her mother was before she disappeared. Although Mark Goodson has remained a person of interest in both cases, he has yet to be named a suspect or charged with their murders. This could be because police simply don't have enough probable cause to make an arrest. However, Mark Goodson was later convicted on unrelated drug and child molestation charges. It's unclear if he is currently incarcerated, but he has reportedly denied allegations set against him. At the time of her disappearance, Tommy Ann Jones was 5 feet 6 inches, or 5 feet 7 inches tall, and weighed 135 to 140 pounds. She had black, dark brown hair and brown eyes. Both of her ears are pierced, and she has a burn scar on her right thigh. Tomien was last seen wearing a red, white, and orange off the shoulder sundress. On the day you are hearing this, January 5, 2022, Tomien would be 38 years old. A $10,000 reward is being offered for information that leads to the arrest and conviction of those responsible for her disappearance. Anyone with information about this case is urged to contact the Gloucester County Prosecutor's Office at 856-384-5500 or Detective Robert Hemphill of the GCPO at 856-384-5602 or the Harrison Township Police Department at 856-468-0600. As a child, Asia Wilbin could walk into a room and flash her big smile and adorable dimples and immediately brighten the atmosphere. Asia was an introvert, and as she got older, like most introverts, she realized that she was somewhat of a homebody. She was the type of teenager who felt safe and most comfortable in her own bedroom, in her own home. But recently, before she disappeared, she had to leave the only home she had really ever known, back in North Carolina. To go live with her father in Kent, Washington after her biological mother passed away. Asia was struggling with her biological mother's death. Family noticed that the death obviously affected Asia, and she began to become slightly depressed. Other than this, Asia seemed to be her normal, reserved self. Even before her mother died, Asia would keep to herself, hide out in her bedroom, and sometimes exhibit signs of anxiety. For example. Her dad recalled many times when his daughter would change her mind about plans with family or friends at the last minute. She would tell her father that she experienced anxiety around groups of people, and she preferred staying home. Aside from a bout of mild depression, Asia seemed to be acting like her normal self. On Wednesday, February 12th, 2020, Asia's father returned home from work to find his daughter as normal. Occasionally throughout the night, he would hear Asia moving around in the house, but Nothing about her behavior seemed odd or different to him. This is why it was so shocking and confusing for many when Asia suddenly disappeared. On Thursday, February 13th, Asia's father and her stepmom woke up and left for work, as per their usual routine. Her father and stepmom had assumed that Asia simply left for school already when they went to check on her. But when Asia's father returned home from work that evening, Asia was still not home. At this point, both her father and stepmother got a terrible feeling that something happened to Asia. After all, Asia was an introverted homebody. She was always at home. She would have been tucked away in her bedroom. With the panic rising, Asia's father and stepmom began calling Asia over and over again, hoping that she would pick up. But she never did. Each call went straight to voicemail. According to Asia's stepmom, Asia had left the house on the night of the 12th to go for a walk, but her stepmom had assumed that at some point Asia had returned home safely. On February 13th, Asia's father filed a missing persons report for his daughter. This is when the search for Asia Wilbin began. Right away, Asia's father, stepmom, and extended family printed flyers and handed them out to everyone and anyone. On the side of the Kent Police Department, The investigation starts with multiple tips that don't ever really lead anywhere. They also started by pinging Asia's cell phone and discovered that the last known ping was registered at 1.35 p.m. on February 13th, near the area of Federal Way. This is a city in King County, Washington, the same county that Kent is in and a little over seven miles southwest from Kent City, Washington. When her parents are notified about her last pinged location, They say they are unsure of how or why Asia would be near Federal Way, or how she even got there. Another tip comes in to Kent Police on February 15th, a few days after Asia went missing. This tip claimed that there was a possible sighting of Asia in Federal Way, specifically the Federal Way Transit Station. This station is basically a bus station, but a relatively large one. Although police believe this tip to be credible, nothing ever comes of it. No new leads were ever developed from that tip and this is the beginning of a heartbreaking and disappointing trend in the case of Asia Wilbin's disappearance. Kent police continues to receive tips, but unfortunately each tip leaves investigators with little to go on. Eventually, the case grows cold, and Asia is still nowhere to be found. From my research, there is little to no public information out there about Asia's case, and it's hard to say how much the police know or don't know. However, in June of 2021, Washington State Police announced that Asia's case would be part of the Homeward Bound program. The Homeward Bound program is a partnership between Camway Transportation and the State Patrol. In this program, trucks are outfitted as moving billboards, displaying cases of missing persons. Asia is now displayed on two different Camway trucks that travel coast to coast. And this is great news because so many more people will know about Asia Wilbin and know that she is missing, and hopefully someone out there knows what happened to her. Besides her family and her aunt, the public haven't heard from any of her friends, or even those friends and family that knew her during her time on the East Coast. Because of that, we don't know much about her personal life. We've only learned that Asia was a girl who preferred staying home to going out with friends. And this is only from what her father has told the public. Is it possible that Asia had a completely different personality back in North Carolina? Is it possible she only became this reserved person because of her mother's death? We may never know. There are a few theories out there about what could have happened to Asia. The first theory is that perhaps Asia decided to run away, back to her hometown in North Carolina. Perhaps the move to Washington to live with her father was hard on her, especially after the death of her mother, and she wanted to return to somewhere familiar, somewhere that maybe once brought her comfort. Maybe as a teenager, she was struggling to fit in to a new city, and the culmination of major life events only compounded feelings of depression and isolation, which made her want to run away to North Carolina. However, a major problem I find with this theory is that at the time of her disappearance in 2020, it's incredibly hard to run away without a trace. How did no surveillance footage capture her movements? How come more people didn't report seeing her traveling at that time? Also, as a teenager... She just wouldn't have the resources or skills to disappear so abruptly on her own. Another theory is that maybe Asia did run away, but at some point along her journey, something bad happened to her. Asia left with no belongings that night. Is it possible that someone noticed a young girl walking alone, possibly looking distressed or sad, and took advantage of her or even attacked her? But again, with this theory, I struggle with the idea that the reason Asia left home that night was to run away if she didn't even bother to bring any belongings besides her phone. If she really ran away, wouldn't she at least take some things that belonged to her? If not something sentimental, at least something practical, right? Something to help her along her journey like money or clothes or a bag. The third theory is that perhaps Asia was communicating with someone that neither her family nor the public know about and that's what led to her disappearance some speculate that asia could have made some washington friends that were involved in bad or dangerous activities perhaps during this hard time in her life she fell into the wrong crowd these things happen especially around her age when teenagers are easily influenced or it could be that asia formed secret relationships with people online which led to her disappearance given that asia liked to stick to herself and hang out in her bedroom some think that this could have led her to make friendships online friendships that her parents may have never known about. Perhaps she made plans to meet up with an online friend, and somewhere during the meet, things went bad. After all, Asia lived in the West Hill area of Kent, which is about five to six miles away from the Federal Way Transit station. This means if she really wanted to, she could have walked there to meet someone. It would have taken her somewhere between 90 minutes to two hours, but it definitely could have been done. Although this is an interesting theory, and even maybe a probable one, It's still only a theory because there isn't much out there about the case. For instance, we don't know what police found in her internet activity and if it pointed to communications with strangers, but I do think it is safe to assume that police most likely examine Asian's internet activity right away. A final theory I want to introduce is that Asia could have been trafficked. This is my own theory based on the information that is out there, which isn't much, so take this theory with a grain of salt. But some reasons why i think this could be possible is that a tip came into police saying they spotted someone who looked like asia wilbon at federal way transit station and according to police they believe this tip was credible so let's say that asia was really there that day at the transit station ports of transportation like airports train stations and major highways are avenues for trafficking because they are usually crowded everyone is traveling so traffickers and their victims can blend in And is obviously a way to get from state to state or country to country. It's possible that maybe Asia met someone online who she could have been talking to, revealing her problems to, connecting with in a personal way, and this person could have used her vulnerabilities against her. It's not unheard of. Or perhaps Asia wasn't talking to anyone online, but she just left that night to go for a normal walk and someone snatched her off the street because she was a young girl walking alone. But again, This is purely speculation, and there isn't much to support this theory because information about her case is scarce. What's so challenging about this case is that Asia's case hasn't received much attention, and the information about the progress of the case hasn't been publicized. It seems like the only hope right now is that a tip comes in from a result of the Homeward Bound initiative. Asia Wilbin has been missing for almost two years now, and still there are no answers. Asia Wilbin is a black female. She's five foot two, and she weighed around 135 pounds when she disappeared in 2020. If you know anything about the whereabouts of Asia, or have any information regarding her case, please call the Kent Police tip line at 253-856-5808 and reference Kent case number 20-2105. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Lost Crimes Library podcast. Please follow and share the podcast. It will help bring much needed attention to these important cases. Also, follow us on social media. You can find us on Twitter at the LCL pod and on Instagram at the Lost Crimes Library pod. See you next week with a new episode. Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time.